Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England <laughs> Ghost Project. Welcome to the And good evening, everyone. Welcome to the cool Blue Brothers edition of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Mr. Blue. <laughs> so are you. I'm Miss Blue. Miss Blue. Miss Blue. I'm so Ms. who Blue. am I? Yes. And I was just complimenting Anne on the beginning of that show because she, I think she did a really good job. And the interesting thing about it, I, I never even remember half a little shot. Where the hell did she get those? So we're being cool tonight we're because up, we've yeah. got a really cool guest. We're wearing right? our sunglasses for those who are just listening to this show. Right. We're in a really cool People shade. listen to the show. I don't know. Uh, Why would they listen to it when they could see our beautiful faces? Yeah, too. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, we're doing a cool show because we have a cool guest. And joining us from UK, and uh, he walked all the way over here. I know. Or swam or whatever. Maybe he just rode one of the hurricanes. Who knows? Ah. <laughs> he is the founder of Parascience and the Wall Street Journal's Ghost Standard and Ghost Hunter, and my most honorable co-host in Ghost Chronicles International, the most reverend Steve Parsons. Reverend, I've been elevated. Ooh, you've That's been ordained. I Congratulations. Have. Is it Stephen E. Parsons? <laughs> T. 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 Thaddeus? No. Stephen Thaddeus Parsons? No. I'm going to call him that from no. now on. Doesn't stand for that at all. That's amazing. I, I, I love your shirt. It's Do you think they know I'm from the United Kingdom? It's a very nice shirt. We couldn't tell it all. What is, what is Buckingham? I'm not sure what Buckingham is. Actually, it's a racing team. It's a racing team? Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> well, nothing to do with me, and I'm not endorsing them. What, what do they race? Very cool. I've no idea. Oh, cool. I honestly don't know. Well, um, that's, that's a big help. Cars? Yeah. I think it's horses. Horses? <laughs> <laughs> if I'm honest. If, any, <laughs> if anybody knows, write in and tell us. Uh, Whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Does it say on that badge? It says, uh, well, I can see. I guess original on. classic. Oh, now I can see. Okay. <laughs> They're cheap sunglasses. Oh, uh, yes, something. sir. Oh, wow, it's so much yes, brighter without them. Isn't it? Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. So, actually, Steve bought me these, so I'm really excited. They're wonderful. Yeah. We all look like... We've been holding... Um, we like a, three blind mice this evening, yeah, we, apparently. We've been, <laughs> we've been having a poll on Facebook to see whether they suited him or not. <laughs> By the way, it's losing. No, win it, uh, yes is winning. No, yes is losing. Oh, there's been some more votes. Oh, there have It's been rigged. Oh, it's been oh, rigged. Good. I'll have to hop on there and yes. even things up. Yay and nay. So if you like my sunglasses, give it a yay. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't, give it a yeah, whatever. All right, so anyways, Steve, uh, this is your, uh, what, sixth year over here? Fifth year? Fifth. Fifth wow. year? Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And uh, Take these off. Why? <laughs> They're bothering me. I can't see your pretty faces. Do you know why I'm wearing these? <laughs> and why this has started? No. Because... You need to enlighten us. Well, I always wear sunglasses because I don't like very bright light. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously not this stories. But Ron said it's the other day, cool. he hates me wearing sunglasses because he can't see my eyes and he can't read my oh. face. So now at every opportunity, 
He wears sunglasses. There you go. Mm -hmm. So basically, you wear them to piss Ron off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who does right? <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I'll put yours back on. Oh, all right. It gives us no, a degree of control. He encouraged me to put them on. It gives us a degree of control over the master. Ah. Yeah, I think that's going to happen. Okay. So I mean, Steve, you know, can revolt. Five years, right? <laughs> five freaking years you've been coming over, right? Mm -hmm. And that's that's pretty amazing. When you first came over here five years ago, did you think you'd be coming back year after year after year after year? <laughs> after if I knew then what I know now. <laughs> no, seriously for a minute. No. You're already booked for next year. <laughs> I know. I know. Aha. That but, is the really frightening thing. But with the change, I'm bringing some reserves with me next year. Yeah. All right. No, I, it's always a pleasure. It's something I look forward to each year because I get to meet cool people, uh, see old friends, get see get new friends, care of me. See, some, see some new cool places. Nurse maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, poor old Ron's not. Plan your death. Plan your death. <laughs> he's not. He's not a well bunny. Is not he? a well bunny. Every time you well come bunny. over, I get ill. You know that. Don't yeah, I'm, I'm getting. You're falling apart. You're falling apart. Happening there. Yeah. You're falling apart. You're crumbling oh at the edges. Oh my goodness. Dan Helsing is. Wow. Well, fading away, huh? You're not even that old. You're only like what, 180? Yeah. That's give, you're give just in the prime of your life. Give or take. <sighs> so I mean, wait, have you ever heard of Saint Germain? No. You know? No. Saint Germain. So that's killed that conversation. <laughs> that's right. Saint Germain is. A, no, because you weren't supposed to hear him. Because oh. if you heard of him, then I couldn't tell, talk about him. And, you know, it's always about me. <laughs> yes. Oh, we know yes. that. So it definitely is. Yeah. Saint Germain is a cool dude that keeps showing up in history. He never dies, he just becomes different people. He keeps Would showing he be up. the same as the Count of Saint Germain? Pretty much. Pretty right. much. Uh -huh. Yeah. I, I wonder if, uh, anyways, and it's, of course there's a metaphysical part of this. They have uh, St. Germain and the violet flame, a purple flame. And uh, it, I, we'll have to get a guest on the show and talk about this. I, I think it's an intriguing subject, and I, I ran into St. Germain. Uh, Many times. And, <laughs> and, and the thing, I mean, because he, then he, he starts, you start uh, getting some, the signs from him. Uh -huh. you know, things will, you'll see purple everywhere. It, is bright. it is bright in here. I oh, told you. Okay. <laughs> all right. it's not, these aren't so bad right. after all. So I'm supposed to see purple when St. Germain's around? Yeah, you'll see purple, everything else. Just purple. Violet. That's purple. Or purple. Okay. Depending on you, some people say purple. Look how cool I look. Look how cool. What? What? See, I think, See on the TV? You know when you have the newsreaders <laughs> and all these like t boring politicians doing studio interviews? If they wore their shades... They'd be cool. They'd be a lot more content. Anyways, okay. so, we, so what about back to St. Germain? What are, we, what are we talking about? I'll, I'll get him on the show. We forgot. We're, we're, looking, we're looking to okay. see well, purple, bring him up? purple violet. I, I just wanted to know if you knew about him, and you did oh, know okay. about him, so I'm going to get him on the show. So I'm you excited. can tell us all about him. Yes. Right. So we've got to look out for purple mauve, violet, indigo, puce. Is puce? No, mauve is more pink, of a pink kinda, isn't it? by the way. So it's purple. Mauve is pink. Mauve. Yes. Is it? Yes. Mauve. 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 Move. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you should see how funny he talks. Yeah, it's really funny. It's know? amazing. He talks. He. He, talk he talks funny. See some of the words he says. Oh what? yeah. You're the one that says Hooten Mansion. Hooten Mansion. Which isn't. Oh, we had 
just loves an English accent. She would stab her co-host in the back over an English accent. We had accent. a discussion over the... Sell me out to the... Sure. Why not? Okay. We had a discussion over pronunciation the other day because I'm doing a library talk in, um, on Thursday. Tomorrow. Where? And I asked Rob where? where it was, and he said Tewksbury. 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 What did you say? Tewksbury. Tewksbury. Yes. Yeah, well, it's Tewksbury. Yeah. Do you wish it was Tewksbury? T e w k. Tewks. Tewksbury. Tewksbury. Tewks. It's in. It's in England. <laughs> You're from freaking. <laughs> that's how I. That's how I know. South of Boston. And I, I express surprise because um, New Englanders. There's some videos, aren't there, of uh, people on the west coast trying to look at. Say Worcester. Yeah, Worcester. Worcester. Yeah. Yeah. And you can do Worcester. And the other one that you don't do properly, the English way. Oh, we don't do properly. Is <laughs> Lemster. It's Lemster. No, it's Lemster. If you say. So. Lemster. Yeah. We drop the O. Lemon, no, lemon we've dropped stuff. the L. Oh, you dropped the L. Yeah, you say it. Mm. And you, like you say, the well, aluminium. I don't say Leo. Yeah, you no. say aluminium. You say aluminium. It should be aluminium. <laughs> you say aluminium. potato. Oh, track, yeah. I mean, what's a potato? It's a potato. It's a potato. <laughs> Only in England. All right. No, we have potatoes. No, we have potatoes. Are we going to talk about paranormal stuff? No, yeah, probably not. Potatoes. No, we Welcome to Ghost Chronicles International. You had to make a potato battery. A potato yeah. battery? Yeah. Did you ever do that? The no. Babylonians did it three Yeah. Nope. I've seen a potato cannon. Oh, yeah. My this, son, is turning into, this is turning into the international this is a, edition. This is a fiasco. Uh, but, no, potato... Oh, we have a uh, cemetery tripping. Save we our, do. Save our butt. Oh, thank God. Yeah, yeah, I just thought of that. Should we play it now yeah, before we so. get any deeper in? Before we, we get we, into we, the potato we, we have to make this last an hour every Tuesday. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. Oh, well, all right. So, Russ, could you kindly play us the cemetery tripping? Right. And then when we come back, we'll talk about something, I'm sure. Welcome to Cemetery Tripping, where I will feature a different cemetery in each episode that I hope you will seek out and enjoy as much as I do. As an avid taffophile or lover of tombstones, I spend a lot of time in the local New England area in the beautiful and historic cemeteries we have here. The stones here are like no others, and I have literally thousands of pictures of the intricate and symbolic carvings found on them. You can see my pictures on Facebook by doing a search for Cemetery Tripping. I was back at Spirit Quest again this year in the Andover area and took advantage of a short break to go cemetery tripping. So, late in the afternoon, I found myself in the old burying ground in North Andover. The first, or old, burying ground is located on Academy Road and was established around 1650. This site holds the remains of the founding families of Andover as well as their descendants. Because of the historical significance of the site locally, the North Andover Historical Society and the North Andover Historical Commission often give tours of the site. The first markers I came across were those of two early founders of the town, Job Tyler and Edmund Faulkner. 
Edmund was born in Kingsclare, England, and came to America where he settled on land he purchased from Native American chief Kuchimache for the area known as Kochichiwik, which would become the town of Andover in 1645. Job Tyler has a less illustrious history, already living in Andover when the first documented settlers arrived, and in 1648, his wife was supposedly the victim of an accused witch, John Godfrey of Andover. This occurred decades before the Salem witch trial hysteria, and the charges were ultimately dismissed. Job Tyler and his bewitched wife disappeared from Andover history when they moved to Roxbury, but they left behind two sons here, Hope Still and Moses. Other early settlers memorialized in the cemetery are John and Susanna Johnson, who came here from England in 1635. The next very interesting stone I came to was for Primus, a servant of Mr. Benjamin Stevens Jr., bearing a sole effigy with a crack down the middle. The epitaph reads, In memory of Primus, who was a faithful servant of Mr. Benjamin Stevens Jr., who died July 25, 1792, aged 72 years, 5 months, 16 days. Given the exactness of his time on this earth, it leads me to believe he was perhaps born into slavery here and spent his entire life in the service of Benjamin Stevens. The grave of Anne Dudley Bradstreet is also in the cemetery, although I believe it is a reproduction stone. She was the most prominent of early English poets of North America and first writer in England's North American colonies to be published. She is the first Puritan figure in American literature and notable for her large volume of poetry, as well as personal writings published posthumously. She was of a wealthy family and well-educated, emigrating to America in 1630 with her wealthy family. This burial ground is a prime example of early Puritan carvings, with death's heads featuring predominantly throughout. They come in many different shapes and forms, from the exquisite stone of John Allen, featuring crossed bones and an hourglass, to the unusual and much cruder carving on the marker of Mary Barker. The grave of Andrew Peters not only bears a grinning skeleton, but also beautiful cherubic side carvings. Finally, the stone of Anne Lily Howard, although bereft of any carving, tells us some interesting historical information. Her husband, Samuel Howard, participated in the Boston Tea Party. Although he is buried in Copps Hill in Charlestown, Anne remains here in the country, buried with her parents. I had to move quickly in this cemetery to capture my pictures as the light was fading quickly on this stormy autumn afternoon. As I hopped back into my car, the rain began to fall, and I was grateful to have been able to have the opportunity to photograph the historical stones in this Puritan cemetery. I hope that you'll be equally lucky to find it in your own travels so often someday. often in old graveyards in the East. Wow, that was and just amazing. Back. Thank you. That was an amazing cemetery, actually. It's what really, was the name of that again? That was the old burying ground, or first burying ground. It's got a couple different names yeah. in North Andover. North Andover. And there's a fabulous house across the street from it, uh, which is also amazing. But uh, I didn't have house? time to is go over Stevens there. Stevens Estate? It's Stevens Estate? Yeah. Uh, it might be. Yeah. It's, it's, I believe it's owned It's um, owned by the town now. Yeah, Stevens Estate. Yeah, it's yeah, beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Maureen actually uh, used to do, uh, they used to have the high school, mm -hmm. they have their, like, their big 
senior blast there, mm -hmm. and they would have all these uh, tarot card readers oh. all night long. Neat. So she'd work till like oh, three Lord. in the morning yeah. doing tarot. Oh, it was like a lock-in? Yeah, kind of. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Keep yeah. them out of trouble. Oh, my goodness. Put them all on the roof. Should I, should I take this, this quick question? Oh, sure. From Stephen Scott. Thank you, Stephen. Stephen Scott. Uh, Stephen would like to know what is the most unusual grave marker I've seen in New England? Ah. Was oh, it my grave? My goodness. Hmm? Was it my it grave? It was Ron's grave, yes. That is. Where's the one that, the, uh, that we took the picture of? Oh. <laughs> that was not in New That's York. in New York. Well, that doesn't count. Doesn't count. I can't talk about that on the okay, air. This fine. is a clean show. All right, fine. It, it, we had a big thing to do with the name. I, one of the more unusual ones that I've seen is actually on the Boston Common. Uh, trying to remember the name of the cemetery, but it's on the, the theater district side of the Boston Common, mm -hmm. and it is... There's just so many references in it. It's a, a, a fallen tree with a Bible open to a specific uh, Bible passages. Stop. And it has a butterfly on it coming out of its chrysalis, and it's probably this is fun. <laughs> one of the more unusual stones I have ever seen in New England. So if you're ever on the Boston Common, check out the cemetery that is on the Common. Mm -hmm. So that would be... The first one that I can think of. And I knew that we were going to get that question because Derek Scott predicted that. Derek that, Scott. Derek Scott. The amazing. That spirit and question. one and only psychic Appearance. medium, yeah, Derek Scott. That's right. Shall we tell people about him? No, that's fine. No, he'll have to be. Man of mystery. He will remain shrouded in mystery. Mystery. He was amazing, though. There's no yes, doubt he about was. it. It's Spirit Quest. And we're referring to Spirit Quest this past weekend where he made. A completely unannounced appearance. He did. He did. He, he really I don't did. know where they dug so, him up, but anyway. We had a great so time. let's ask Steve the same question. What's the most amazing stone that you've run across in, in the UK? Uh, an actual headstone. There was, there's a one on the Great Orm um, in North Wales, which is in the shape of a, I think it's a, either a BSA or an Indian motorcycle. Which oh, full neat. size carved in stone. Really? And it actually belongs to a, la a lady from the 1920s. Really? Who was a, she had a, a fascination with vehicles. But I think the most bizarre grave is in Towton, that I'm aware of, is in Towton, Yorkshire, where following the Battle of Towton in 1461, the, one of the uh, knights was buried in full armour on top of his horse, sitting upright on his horse in, his, in the grave. Seriously. Seriously. Wow. So not him, uh, not just him in his armor, but the, the horse, horse is also armored, too. and they're both in the grave. Really? And he's sat astride his his horse. Whew. Okay. Uh, that's something I've got to see. <laughs> well, unfortunately, you can't because they buried him. Well, but uh, in fact, well, they they tried to do some uh, ground penetrating radar mm -hmm. to see whether it was. It's a, really true. To see, yeah, whether it was a story <laughs> or a myth. Um, and and in, up at Rosslyn Chapel uh, in Scotland, the famous uh, Grail Chapel that appeared in the you know, became famous in the movie. Um, the, there are uh, after they did some um, underfloor studies. They did discover that uh, the, there are several knights buried in full armor Ooh. beneath the floor there. 
in the family vault. Oh, that's sweet. In my new book coming out in uh, next October, The Ghost Files. Yes. Uh, one of the chapters we write about is Turtle Mound, and this is in Andover, and there is a person buried at the mound in armor. That's John, you gonna take that question? That's for Steve. Okay. okay, I will in a moment. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I haven't been there. It's I, on well, private property. Uh, oh, oh. Yeah. Well, maybe you can take me there. Do you know? Well, I, maybe. Well, have you ever been there? Yeah, of course. Oh, well, you'll have There's to get me There's a whole magazine in. article about it. Ooh. I'm bringing the magazine. Fine. Yeah. La Dita. Done by the Andovers. The Andovers. So we have another question from Chad. Oh, hold on. Magazine article is really funny because uh, when we're writing the book, we, you know, we have to research the, the, the things and everything. So the, I had the magazine article, and, and we were kind of writing them what we were doing about the book, and, and we, Maureen was kind of describing her clothes, and I'm saying, no, you didn't wear that day. She said, yes, I remember that day. It was raining and everything. I said, no, no. And so I, I opened it up, and... Uh, there are two pictures in it of her and I, right? Uh-huh. One of them, she's got one set of clothes on. The next one, she has another set of clothes on. And we couldn't figure that out. Says, How the hell did that happen? Then we remembered. We went back multiple days, obviously. Yes. Well, we only did it one night that we, we remembered. Mm -hmm. But evidently, they, they remembered. Yeah, that we remembered. They want the, the cover shot. And the cover shot, they made us go back and take the other one. That's why we ended up with two clothes. But oh. when we were going at it, we couldn't figure out how the hell that happened. Because she was saying, oh, you know, I wore this. And I said, no, 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 you didn't. I, I remember seeing a picture, and you wore this. <laughs> we were both right. That's so anyways, funny. we have a question for Stephen. We do have a question for Stephen. From John, and John would like to know, Steve, is there any kind of paranormal that you can't explain? Yes. Question. All of it. <laughs> we can't explain any of it, uh, which is why we keep looking. Why it's called the paranormal. We can try and edge closer to understanding what the bits that we can't explain, the paranormal bits by nibbling away at the edges and looking at the things that we can measure and that we can try to explain and understand. For example, when the digital camera first started to become a popular uh, item with investigators, people started to get pictures of orbs. Mm -hmm. And gr over time, uh, research has been done that can eliminate the orb uh, phenomena with the digital camera so we can nibble away at the edges but um, specifically to John's question uh, no uh, we can't explain any of it because <laughs> if we did it wouldn't be paranormal right well we don't know we know what the power I mean the paranormal is a word it has a meaning but in in the context of what we understand by what we, you know what is paranormal no I mean we, we we can't really truly define I mean the hardest thing to define is what is a ghost oh, yeah. how do we even define we all oh, Richard Felix has well we all he's written a book yes. um, I believe I'm in it right you, both of us are yeah, yeah. wow um, but we all kind of know what we mean when we talk about ghosts but it isn't a word that there are lots of different definitions depending on how you approach it. Some people think it's dead people coming back. Some people think it's visions and hallucinations. So, but we all kind it's one of those words that we all kind of understand, but we've very, very difficult to define. The funny story about the book is that uh, he, Richard Felix did write a book, What is a Ghost? And Steve contributed to his thing, and I did well. And I had uh, to do mine twice. 
<laughs> and Rich, Richard, uh, Richard promised uh, Steve a buck. So several years later, 3,000 miles away, he finally got his book from me. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of normal for Richard. He asked, he asked me, um, he phoned me up one day, he said he wanted me to write, uh, could I write something on what is a ghost? Okay. So I said, yeah, um, when would you like it by? And the answer was yesterday. Oh, really? It's got to go to the publishers tomorrow, and I needed it tomorrow last week, ideally. But I'm asking you now. Uh, so, <laughs> oh, sweet. I sent him a response that simply said, uh, "What is a ghost? We don't know." And he said, it's very good, but it's much too short. <laughs> <laughs> so he made me write a, uh, a paragraph. I think Ron wrote a chapter or three. Oh, my goodness. And I think you came in behind Derek Akora. Were you, were you number Ooh, three behind Derek? Derek. <laughs> Your hero. Wait, you, you haven't put the T-shirt the the on. What's that? Your Derek Akora signed T-shirt. I will never wear that. I make Jan wear it on Saturday <laughs> You are such a fanboy. Nice, nice. You are such a fanboy. Wow. Yes, I have a Derek Akura signed T-shirt. Personally, well, you sell that on eBay. As as well as a uh, Jim Carson uh, signed T-shirt, and for those who don't know, he was the butler on Downton Abbey. Okay, I, I didn't know, and I, I yes. was about to ask you. Yes. So there you go. All right. I have uh, quite the collection. I'm sure you have an extensive, extensive collection. Yep, Jim alternates Saturday nights. I have one signed by the Ghost Hunters. Mm. Mm -hmm. Well, that's nice, It's Jan. bright yellow. Is it a Rooty Tooty Plumber's T-shirt? <laughs> or just this? It was in my early, early days of the paranormal. I, I got... Uh, there was an event my friend Elizabeth held, and she... She yeah, she got the ghost hunters to, I believe it was Taunton High School. Oh, Taunton High School. Yeah. I was thinking about the studio. It was a huge, huge event. Yeah. I mean, the place was packed. Yeah. And That was back in the day. Back in the day. It was in their heyday. Mm. And they autographed, they each autographed a shoulder for me. And, uh, they tried it? No. Oh, no. that is back in the day. Yeah. 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 Back in the day. You couldn't get them that. to look at you if you didn't pay them. And it was <laughs> I'm just kidding, guys, just kidding. Absolutely pandemonium. It was crazy. Hmm. <laughs> I got into terrible trouble on Taps Family Radio once. Uh-oh. They asked once. me to do. Once? Just at once. least once. Yeah, at least once. <laughs> <laughs> it did actually result in several email death threats. Oh. It's very true. Because I likened to two plumbers who chased ghosts, and I went, it's Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> That's true. Luigi and Mario. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, yeah, I got several emails threatening my life oh. if I ever set foot in the United States. Oh, isn't that sweet? <laughs> isn't that wonderful? And, and, and you know what's interesting, too, is, is we, uh, we did an interview uh, with some winery in California, and uh, they just, <coughs> excuse me, they said they didn't agree with the ghost hunters results mm -hmm. and they preferred um, Lloyd Arbeck's explanations and so forth and I got uh, we have several but we had the most one was this I will never listen to your show again unless you retract that trouble oh well 
Pardon me. Pardon me. Pardon me. Oh, I'm does a you know. British accent way better than you do. <laughs> so we have another question here. Yeah. We do have another question. I see that over there. You can see. Uh, oh, you get your I can. Off. I take my sunglasses off. I have to take it off and put my glasses this on. This question is for Steve. Oh, question is from Stephen Scott. Oh. What was? I didn't think up the name Derek Scott. <laughs> That's Ron's doing. What was your earliest paranormal experience that gave you an interest in the field? It wasn't. Um, the interest in the field, I always maintain, came much later as a teenager when I was... Uh, I'd had a copy of the Guinness Book of World Records and it had in it a picture and a small article on the most haunted house in England. And uh, we'd had a school project around the same time which looked at religion and the idea of spiritualism appealed to me because it was off the uh, uh, you know off the main sort of beaten track and I did a project on that and that got me fascinated uh, my parents are now of an age where they tell embarrassing stories about me to anybody who will listen <laughs> uh, when, when I was a small boy and it would appear now I have no memory of this at all but it would appear that uh, together with friends I would do the Ouija board in the garage uh, at around wow. 8 and that when I was six or seven, we used to go uh, on family holidays, and I would go into the castle and demand and uh, to be uh, taken to go and look for the ghosts. Oh well, this doesn't surprise me at I all. I have no recollection of that. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> so perhaps it was so traumatic. You blocked it from your memory. I, I have no recollection, but um, you know, I, it would appear that my interest predates my memory of my interest. <laughs> How old were you then? When I, when I did the school project? Yeah. Uh, like, uh, just short of 13. And when you went into the castles and stuff, was that? Five or six. Five or six, okay. Wow. And then yeah. the Ouija board in the garage at um, eight. Eight. Do you remember back when you were five or six? Not really. You know, I can remember bit, back then. Maybe. I can remember kindergarten. 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 All right. I can remember one incident from when I was 13 months old. Really? Really? Yeah. Um, it was I was playing I was playing in the garden on a blanket my mum was 13 months yeah well I, I, I can prove it was 13 months um, but it wasn't 13 months I was playing on a, on a blanket in the garden and a mouse ran across the blanket yeah okay that's yeah. the memory Wow. That's, that's the memory. That's uh, just um, a little over a year old. A little over stunning. a year old. Really? And another memory from when my younger brothers were born, when I was two and a half. Stunning. When uh, I was given a police car that had a blue flashing light. Uh, because... Was it American? I guess it was something to do with them being in... Mum being in the hospital and new brothers. And oh. So I had this police car that I was very very fond of it had a blue flashing light and it went underneath my little green chair that I used to have uh, for meals and the light broke off and I was distraught yeah it might, it might have been the trauma that wiped out all of the paranormal well, maybe memories that's just what yeah. that must have yeah. been what happened yeah, obviously clearly so. now we have a we have a question from our very own director Russ Ooh. thank you Russ Russ would like to know, Steve, any paranormal activity around the Jack the Ripper case? Oh, there is a tremendous amount of paranormal stories and lore that relates to Jack the Ripper. Uh, so much so that uh, a good friend of mine, Richard Jones, 
who was the historian on Most Haunted for a while, um, has he, he does he's one of the official Ripper historians and conducts Ripper tours, mm-hmm. but has also written several books on the subject. I don't know all of the details, but there are many many. Uh, the the pubs where uh, the victims frequented, the locations, particularly the pubs, um, many of the pubs, although the locations where the murders took place are largely have been redeveloped and have disappeared, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the pubs, the public houses, where they they frequented are still there and are said to be haunted by um, the victims. Mm. There are no, because obviously nobody knows who Jack is, or Jack was, Mm -hmm. uh, there are no sightings of uh, Jack the Ripper as a phantom or an apparition that I'm aware of. Certainly there are of his victims, and the ones that I can think of, um, uh, I can't remember the name, Elizabeth um, Stride. I think her ghost is known to appear, and in fact, they've done several British TV programmes. The medium Tony Cornell, uh, Tony, oh no, no, Tony, um, you've got his book as well. <sighs> Tony Stockwell, I apologise, um, did a TV show where he tried to communicate with the medium, with the medium. Listen to me, <laughs> with the deceased. Well, as you're trying to communicate with the medium, would be a show in its own right, wouldn't it? <laughs> Well, we have one of our kids in the club, Caitlin, and she went to England Uh over the summer with her family, and they went on a Jack the Ripper tour. Probably take a hosted by Richard. Maybe. And she was very excited about it, and it's, Mm -hmm. it's too bad she's not here tonight because she could have asked you herself. I know she was very excited that they went on this tour. What's cool is... Uh, she will, there are only two uh, primary repertoires, uh, official ones. One of them is hosted by Richard Jones, mm-hmm. who was on Most Haunted, uh, and the other is hosted by my friend uh, Phil Hutchinson, who is um, a member of the Ghost Club. Awesome. So uh, you've got an in either I way. I would have known. I would have known one or other. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's interesting that both of them not only do the Ripper tours, but Phil and Richard, both of them do. Um, have a very active interest in ghosts and the paranormal. Richard has written a number of books, and Phil is, of course, a member of the Ghost Club. Excellent. Well, I had asked Caitlin, I said, was it a paranormal tour or was it just a Jack the Ripper tour? She said it was just a, just a regular tour, mm-hmm. not the haunted stuff. What if Kelly Ripper's related to him? Oh, that's so bad. What? Did she ever have DNA and done on Ancestry.com? That wasn't his surname. Oh, it wasn't? No. Oh, never mind. Never mind about that. It wasn't Jack T. Ripper. You have another question? I do? No, I don't. I don't have another question. Oh, that's too bad. You'll just have to wing it. Does America not have a similar serial no. killer like... No. No. We have cool ones like Son of Sam. Who's some of the other ones? Jeffrey Dahmer. Well, yeah, uh, no. Well, there, are, there, is, there is an American Ripper Jeffrey connection. Jeffrey Dahmer into that category. Well, Jack the Ripper. But there is well, an American Ripper connection, isn't there? Because they... they there is. The British police went over to... Was it New York? They found New some York, prostitutes in, in New York. In fact, oh, years years ago, uh, well, several years ago, we did a uh, special event at uh, Easy. I don't know if it was part of Spirit Quest or not, but it was all about the. Uh, it was actually pretty cool. We had Vlad, the 
the vampire guy, and mm -hmm. we did this whole routine. It was really great. We were in search of Jack the Ripper. That's what it was. Of. And uh, it was cool. He would do these things, and we'd leave clues, and, and we'd, we'd go from this. And it ended up with a seance because we had the Houdini handcuffs, and Houdini was in New York City at the same time that Jack the Ripper was, wow. supposedly. So, yeah, it was pretty kind of neat. There is a connection, all interest. But then again, there are copycat killers, too, so you never know. And I don't think we'll ever, ever will know. There was, Jack the, there, was the, there was the very bad, um, wasn't there? It was Jack the Terror. The ripping he turned. <laughs> tore things. Uh, uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> right. Oh, do I have another question? I hope so. Oh, someone had commented uh, that the Zodiac Killer was never solved on the West Coast. Mm -hmm. Zodiac Killer is another one, yeah. Mm. There's a lot of them laying around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so anyway. All right, so Steve, uh, you've been asked a lot about the paranormal and everything else, but uh, you've gone pretty much, I think, of all the groups out there, the most uh, straight and narrow as far as logically attacking uh, the paranormal. And do you feel proud of yourself in that and th that you have adopted that approach? We adopted that approach 26 years ago when we founded Parascience and it, that was the whole premise of founding the group to do it that particular way. Uh, we had all been in, Anne and I who founded it, we had been in a no, uh, another paranormal group uh, where we met and we realised that we were we were playing at it. The group was having spooky, and it was good fun. We were having spooky nights out. We were, pl um, you know, we were exploring some really cool places. But it it wasn't satisfying Anne and I. We wanted to try to get to the nub of it, find out why people were having these experiences. And of course, we wanted to see a ghost, of course. But <laughs> who doesn't? Uh, <laughs> so we we decided. Uh, well, we decided in. in in the in fullness of time that we would form a group that would look at it using scientific principles now, science is, is you know just a series of questions and answers it's a methodology and so we've done that ever since and we've we've never um strayed from that because we don't know any other way can you recall your mission statement offhand I don't think we have a mission statement. Oh, okay. I don't recall as... We've never bothered with committees and rules and um, mission statements and uniforms and logos uh, because primarily we just wanted to focus on doing stuff and not... We, Parascience have always been really, really bad at self-promotion, uh, have been really bad at... Um, <laughs> anything other than doing what we do. Fortunately, uh, our results were recognised by others and they have said that we've, we're producing good quality results. We've never said that because we're rubbish at you know, the publicity <laughs> machine. You know, our, our publicity machine is terrible. <laughs> uh, we've been left behind by all of these groups that have come you know, in recent years who have mastered social media and have mastered the, the art of YouTube. And we just haven't been able to do that because you know, I guess we never really realized it was important <laughs> and never really considered it at the time. You know, I think uh, a lot of these groups, the, the ones that are popular, it's not so much for what they do, 
but because of the generation there. Oh, in. for sure. It's the younger generation that goes after these. I mean, uh, we've talked about this many times. There are a lot of people that they go on and have TV shows and everything else, but once they're off the air, they kind of like disappear. Nobody even remembers them anymore. It's always who's out there now and what, what are they doing and, and so That's forth. True. But, you know, I mean, it's so funny because we talk about some of the, the crazy equipment that they use now, like the ghost arc and, uh, and these ghost apps and, uh, you know, using K2 meters and everything else. And, and Steve and I were, were talking today about uh, an investigation he was going to be doing. And uh, could you talk, just give him a glimpse of some of the cool equipment that, that you're actually using? In which investigation were we talking this about? This is the one that's coming up in January. <laughs> oh, um, well, we're, we're looking at uh, as a location as part of a multidisciplinary approach. So, where there are hidden rooms or hidden chambers, then we'll be using geophysics, ground penetrating radar, lidar uh, mapping. Lidar is laser radar. Uh, basically laser mapping uh, to give us a three-dimensional image. Nice. We can use three-dimensional um, spherical photography, 360-degree, full 360-degree photography. But we divide the team into uh, four people or four areas uh, because we're, we don't use big teams. So for this uh, project that we'll be doing in January, um, we'll have Anne will take care of psychology is, is a sort of headline. But that's all uh, human experiences, witnesses, human interactions, even down to the experiences of the crew uh, and the team involved. Um, James, one of our other members, will be looking at the environment, so all environmental measurements, so the electromagnetic field, temperature, humidity, anything to do with the environment will be his domain and he'll take care of that. Uh, and we'll be looking at, well it rather depends on, on what the witnesses tell us, mm. is what we'll be looking at. Um, Dylan uh, will be looking, uh, will be in charge of uh, any photography and video that we might need. Um, in, in, including the 360 cameras, um, I've got to take a sort of overall coordinator's position. We're all, you know, we're all investigators, um, and I'll be looking at uh, anything related, the sound related. So if anybody have, has heard something, um, or you know, footsteps or any noises or sounds, but we won't be doing electronic voice phenomena mm -hmm. because our AVP research is done away from haunted locations. Okay. Cool. Ah. In the in the old fashioned sort of um, EVP laboratory. Labs, labs. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, uh, I know that we are coming down to the end of the show, and uh, we are very lucky today because uh, for those who know the Ghost Chronicles International show that Steve and I do, one of the regular features in it is uh, something called the. Uh, the teller of curious tales, and this is something that we're exceptionally proud about. Um, I, I ch chase eBay occasionally, and I saw this set of uh, radio scripts um, that dealt with the paranormal and supernatural themes. And so, on a whim, I, I had a bid, and I won, and they turned out to be a set of 1950s radio scripts from US radio. The original typewritten, we've never found out where, where or if they were ever broadcast. We've tried really hard. And we've tried really, really hard. <laughs> so what we, what we did is we gave them to the teller of Curious Tales, who is a radio maestro, yeah. and we've Mysterious been working man. our way through 
the series. Uh, so we're up to episode. It's an infrequent series. There's gaps here and there. Is mm -hmm. working. So we're up to episode fourteen. But we we've done a one-off special video. Teller of Curious Tales. Just for us tonight, and this is to introduce to you the Ghost Chronicles Next Generation audience, is the Teller of Curious Tales. So, Russ, can we play that, please? With the audio? Welcome to you, brave listener. I, the Teller of Curious Tales, open my book once again and bring you strange and unusual stories, true stories, stranger than any fiction ever written. Listen as we uncover the supernatural stories of Blickling Hall in England. Brickling Hall was built by Sir Henry Hobart in 1616 during the reign of King James I on the ruins of an old property once owned by one of the most renowned families in English history, the Boleyns. This is where Anne Boleyn, the second wife of King Henry VIII and of course mother to Queen Elizabeth I, spent part of her childhood. It is said that every year, on the anniversary of her execution, the 19th of May, 1536, Anne Boleyn's headless ghost, which is bathed in an otherworldly blue light, arrives at Brickling Hall with her bloody head in her lap, carried in a carriage driven at breakneck speed by a headless coachman and drawn, naturally, by headless horses. It would rattle up the drive and disappear as it reached the door. Sometimes Anne's carriage is followed by the ghost of her brother. His afterlife anguishes are continued on the anniversary of his death, the 17th of May, when his headless body is dragged around the surrounding countryside by four headless horses. Another legend states that Anne's father is doomed to travel in a coach that takes him over 12 bridges back to his former home. A grey lady, whom some claim to be Anne Boleyn, has been seen walking outside by the lake. A female phantom in grey, wearing a white lace collar and white cap, has been sighted in the Long Gallery Library. When approached, she simply fades away. Who these ethereal forms actually are is speculation. But if you take a tour through the house, you might just be fortunate, or unfortunate, to encounter them. A more recent ghost story is that of a young man who lived at the hall when it was divided into flats before the Second World War. Although he died in an accident away from the hall a few years later, his ghost returned on the anniversary of his death to play a prank he once played in life on his 21st birthday. The gong strikes. My time is up. The teller of curious tales has closed his book. Join me on my next visit when I'll bring you other stories, curious tales, strange beliefs. Until then, sleep tight. <laughs> Thank you.
Did you like it? Very nice. That's so apropos. Like it's an American it. script, and yet it's good talked about Brickley Hall. Huh? Uh, that's not one of the uh, radio scripts. That was one that was run, we wrote specially for uh, this. Always a lesson, though. Aww. You just ruined it on us. I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it was great. Very nice. It's in the style of the television. Yeah, it was. It was but very we, much so. We had to, we had to um, put an extra one in because um, it would have thrown the sequence for... Whatever. Because uh, we're hoping to release you it as me. a series of um, that audio downloads once we, you know, when we get to each, each block of 25. Very nice. So uh, people will be able so to... So we have one more question, I guess. We do have another question. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so John wanted to ask you, Steve, what is your opinion about cryptoids, such as Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, Chupacabra? Shadow people. They're fascinating. And particularly, I, it's not an area of that parascience ever go into, but personally I have a, have a great love and fascination of the Loch Ness Monster. And <laughs> I've been up to Loch Ness on many, many occasions to, to see for myself what there is to be seen. <laughs> and after going up there as a slightly tongue-in-cheek sceptical uh, first-timer, and then spending time there talking to the people that lived around there, reading the books, and talking to yet more people who lived around the loch, I have become convinced that, uh, that there is something large and animate in Loch Ness. Hmm. I don't believe for one moment that it's a, a prehistoric dinosaur that swam in there. I do have ideas what it might be. It's um, not Trump, is it? No, it's not Trump or his hair. But what's, uh, what's cool is that these, these sea monsters, these lake monsters, are not just confined to Loch Ness. They are, we have them off the West Wales coast, uh, the Atlantic coast of West Wales. And as I've been reading about uh, only today, um, they're very common in New England, along the New England coast, uh -huh. particularly around Gloucester, where there was a huge sight a se series of sightings yeah. in 1817. Mm -hmm. But off the very beach, uh, behind the house where I'm staying now, uh, at oh. Salisbury Beach. Salisbury Beach. And the other day we were in uh, York, Maine, and uh, not to be outdone, of course, there was a sighting at York, Maine also. <laughs> but they do seem to predominate around Cape Ann. They get around. So, uh, yeah, watch out. If you've, if you've got a pool in your garden, <laughs> <laughs> they get everywhere. Have you seen that really cool cartoon, though, uh, that they were doing around on social media with the pool and the shark? No. Uh, caution I think shark. I missed that one. <laughs> oh, we did have another question. We had a question. Yeah. Oh, there it is. So uh, this message is from Stephen Scott. He's keeping you on your toes tonight. What, you is, the, off, the what is the future <laughs> of paranormal or spiritual investigation, technical or traditional? Uh, interesting. The future one. of paranormal investigation is, at the moment, it's heading in a spiritual direction because the ghost hunters who went out and invested in all their tech and I've not got any results. So they're all, they're calling it back to basics or lots of different titles, but they're throwing away the tech and developing techniques that had more to do with the, the uh, developed from spiritualism. Hmm. So we're going through a sort of downtrend in technology at the moment and an upturn in the spiritual awareness and a spiritual based approach to the paranormal uh, investigation. 
Oh, I think that's very interesting. Yeah, it's cool. I think it makes. I think, I think people have. Sense. I think people have become disillusioned with the tech. Right. They they everybody rushed out and bought the uh, EMF meters. All the gadgets. And then they realised that they weren't ghost detectors. <laughs> then they rushed out and they they started to chatter away to the to the flashing lights on the EMF meters. Then they moved towards more conventional EVP as the digital recorder meant that they didn't have to rewind the tape for a response. That's true. And. Uh, we had the Franks boxes which developed into the Shack Hack which have developed into all manner of apps the Echo Vox and you know all of these smartphone apps because people want an instant response mm -hmm. but there is a there is a growing disillusionment and disenchantment with that and a growing certainly in the UK a growing movement towards uh, keeping it real going back to basics uh, this idea of not using the equipment. There are still some dinosaurs who believe that you should take every toy out of the box all of the time and measure everything all of the time. Mm -hmm. But that Luddite approach, I think, is... is mm -hmm. Well, you know, even the great Harry Price used both farms in mm -hmm. his investigations. Mm -hmm. uh, he used equipment and he used absolutely. Uh, some of the uh, spiritual methods as well. He did, absolutely, and he worked very... He, he worked closely with mediums. Mm -hmm. That's but right. not in haunted houses. No. Just <laughs> anywhere. Anywhere you can dig them up. But anyway. So, you are leaving soon? Uh, oh. No. A week today. In fact, a week now I'll be at Logan. Um, waiting Hopefully. to board. Wa waiting to board uh, the BA5. Wow. If I drive you there, that is... Here's your hat. What's your hurry? Wow. But you have some other events coming up, too, which, uh, <laughs> you know... Uh, it's been like this all week. Steve, uh, Steve... Requested actually the uh, return to the Portsmouth Harbour Lighthouse, and ah. it's getting more and more difficult to go there now because it is on an active Coast Guard base. And and before we had full access to it, I mean, we went in, we did the offices, we did everything. Even when the ghost hunters were there several years ago, I mean, they were able to get access to. But nowadays, it's not so easy. This this last one was extremely difficult for me, and, and I'm also a member of the the uh, Friends of Portsmouth Harbor and was a chairman until last year, hmm. but it was extremely difficult. Uh, the, the whole, the whole uh, climate has changed since 9-11, uh, and it's more difficult. So you're looking forward to that, Steve? Particularly that one, Fort Constitution and Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse in Newcastle. Um, it fascinates me. It's, it's, it's got some British history, so I feel nice and, nice and at home. It was where I, I once asked, a, a, I think it was my very first visit there, I was inside Fort Constitution and I asked um, your spirit box if it would speak to me. Could, did it have a message for me? And I guess my, I could have had a, I suppose, a British trooper. I think I got a Minuteman because it just went... <laughs> And every time I asked a question, all the radio did was... <laughs> yeah. Everybody else with an American accent... Oh, really? Got a, oh. And we're getting a response. It just blew electronic raspberries at me. <laughs> but not the last time you were there. No, last time we were there was very intriguing. Unfortunately, we haven't got time to go into the full story. But the responses on the radio were so unusual that it did convince a Coast Guard radio officer... Mm -hmm. that, uh, as he said, uh, in his opinion, and he was a, a, an officer in the Coast Guard, that um, the radio did seem to be giving a direct and intelligent reply to the questions that were being asked. Mm -hmm. 
That's awesome. And there's so many stories that keep popping up and, and uh, showing up uh, year after year there. And uh, we do these haunted tours. We do one a month in the summertime to raise money for the, the lighthouse. And uh, this past year, uh, we were doing one, and we had a uh, Coast Guard person that was stationed there several years ago. Mm -hmm. And she couldn't wait to tell us about how she used to hate going across the fort because she would actually see a man in military garb with his musket standing guard by the fort. And it, it freaked the heck out of her. But she was uh, in the, uh, the uh, what's their room, the mess room uh, with the, some of the other guys, and she kind of brought that up, and there were other ones that reported the same thing as well. So the stories just keep coming. We had no, that's the first time I'd ever heard of a, a uh, you know, a, a vision of a, a military garbed uh, soldier at the fort. I know that there are so many Coast Guardsmen that just won't go in the fort at night. And even huh? even the the current chief, uh, the uh, if he has to go to the, the uh, dumpster, or whatever they call it, it's, it's a, you have to go across the forts, and he's always uncomfortable walking that way. So it's it's intriguing, and, and and that's the nice thing. And Steve knows because he investigated a, uh, a a shipyard for many many months. The more you do a place, the more you can learn about it, and right. it's intriguing. I, Absolutely. So how are we doing time wise on this thing? Oh, I think Sean is about to give us the rap cue. Is that really? <laughs> he's in a rap. You do your cues by rapping over here. That's uh, <laughs> was that, are they paranormal? This is, is Ant and I'm wrong. Oh, no, I'm, we no. are doing oh, this. Oh, God, stop. Got no. Got you yeah, nailed yeah. Now you're getting the rap cue. You're going to get a hook. You're going to get a hook in a minute. Get the hook. Oh, my God. Mm. So, Steve, we want to thank you so much. Thank for you for having today. me. Always intriguing talking with you. Somewhat interesting as well. Maybe he'll let me back for number six next year. Maybe. 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 Shall we tell people how to get in touch with you? Do you want people to get in touch with you? Absolutely. <laughs> Carrier Pigeon works. Yeah, Carrier Pigeon. Uh, www.parascience.org.uk.co.uk or just .uk. Brand new site. Oh, yeah, the whole site's been goodness. revamped. That's a lot. That's a lot to remember. We'll no, you can .org.uk. Okay. .co.uk or from November we've now got the just .uk It's words you never heard so, Welcome to Geraldine Tegelove Live the show that shares with you the secrets of redefining, reinventing and rebuilding your life Having pulled herself from the rubble of financial ruin and having gone on to create a highly successful career, Geraldine has become an expert. Oh, I thought that was like, get the hell off the air. You had two minutes, but now he wants us... <laughs> we have one. All right, so talk about just it. enough time to advertise Ghostology, the Art of the Ghost Hunter by me, available on Amazon, or Paracoustics, Sound and the Paranormal by me. Awesome. Available, and Cal Cooper, available on Amazon. Perfect. Oh, stop. You plugged your book all night long, so shush. I mentioned it once. Oh, no, you no, you mentioned, he didn't mention it more than once. A lot. He did. A lot. Now we Tell have to go. Play the tape, 